you have arrived at episode 106. Have you been stuck in a rut? The type of rut that has meant four years you've had the same bad luck or attracted the same type of chaotic, crazy partners or you're consistently triggered by family members or friends or things going on in the world that can make you feel like that you are a victim of a horrible fate to a barrage of bad luck. Today's episode is powerful for anyone that has had a traumatic experience in their life and needs to dig into that to find out what is really going on with me. In this episode, we get into things like how emotional trauma leads to disease, why trauma is often the root cause of your pain and suffering, and some tips on how to begin doing this deep inner work, which is absolutely uncomfortable, but it is the answer if you want to be the creator of your own reality rather than be a victim to someone else's story. Have your trigger buttons in a safe place for this episode. (laughs) Okay, let's get into the show. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Thanks for dropping into this episode here. It is my mission to coach 150 individuals to create the sustainable, healthy life that they truly want before the end of 2020, which isn't far away at this point. I hope you've got... Uh, some really solid plans to be putting good food into your body today. Remember, following the rainbow method with your plate, at least five colors per meal. Got it? Oh, and the other thing, get your bare naked skin into the direct sunlight. Vitamin D is essential for healthy life and low vitamin D is associated with a laundry list of diseases and illnesses. All right, good. Okay, so who have we got here in the virtual studio today? We have Dr. Nima Rameni. He's a chiropractor turned edutainer on a mission to teach all of you listening about how to dissolve the root cause of disease. And you know I'm all about finding the root cause. He's the creator of the overview method where participants are taken through an exercise to clear emotional baggage and resentment that holds you back from moving to new levels in business, health and family relationships, which we all want, right? We all want to get to that next level. Dr. Nima has helped countless people in his 20 years of practice as a chiropractor and helps people who are stuck in toxic relationships, career limbo, and have emotional trauma. If you didn't fit into one of those categories, are you really a human? (laughs) With his tools and strategies, he allows you to overcome anxiety and create powerfully aligned relationships by deepening your intimate connection with the most important person of all. And that's you. He also appeared on numerous podcasts, including Black Sheep Cairo Podcast, Inside the Champion's Mind, The Chiropractic Philanthropist, The Get Naked Show, Rockstar Doctor Life, and now the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. And so, what do you say we get into it? Welcome to the show, Dr. Nima. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Maddie. It's great to be here. And uh, I, love, I love what you're all about. Let's, let's dive in. Awesome. Thank you. I love what you're all about too. And finding the root cause of disease is, is what we all need to be doing. And we were discussing mm. before how conventional medicine, or my, I at least learned through my own practices that conventional medicine doesn't often go down that path or head into that direction. And so, I'm really curious as to why your journey or what facilitated your journey to a, a, a place where you started really underlying the root cause and working from there. Well, the answer is my ego. <laughs> I couldn't handle the fact that patients would come into my chiropractic practice and some would just get really great results 
and others, no matter what I would do, it's as though they were stuck. They were stuck there as far as their health goes. And after doing this about 15, 20 years, I would notice patterns that, you know, your body is kind of a manifestation of your unconscious mind about your beliefs about yourself, your traumas, emotional dysregulation, your victim story about your life, those bad things that happen that you haven't really come to completion for, that you haven't properly dealt with, it gets stored in your body. Yeah. And I couldn't handle the fact that I could only help some people. My ego needed to go further. (laughs) My ego wanted me to go further. So I kept delving into that mind-body connection and realized the power of nervous system regulation and how based on our attachment traumas in our, with our primary caregivers, it creates uh, the foundational blueprint for the relationships that we have in our lives. And it's in the breakdowns of those relationships that happen usually in our late 20s, our 30s, our middle age, where we start to accumulate the effects of those early attachment traumas, that we get these wake-up calls. And patients would come in with wake-up calls, health issues, health crisis, diagnosis, boom, wake-up call, financial crisis, boom, wake-up call, relationship crisis, infidelity, um, violence, that kind of thing. It these are wake-up calls to awaken us to our unconscious ways of, as you, you know, you're helping people with what they're putting into their body. You're like, hey, use all the five colors of the rainbow. Well, yeah, once you get a cancer diagnosis or any diagnosis, <clears throat> you now awaken to the fact that what you put into your body, garbage in, garbage out. So let's pay attention to that. What I didn't realize unknowingly was my relationship breakdowns in my own life that had me going to seek healing in those had me going upstream on that journey for the root cause of the root cause of the root cause of the root cause, which was unresolved attachment traumas. Right. If you don't have those healed, we will not have, um, you know, great choices in relationship dynamics because we don't feel worthy and deserving. So we tolerate less than great relationships. We get treated to the exact alignment with how we feel about ourselves. The foods that we choose are not very healthy because we don't feel worthy and deserving. And so even food choices, there's an underlying root cause of why we're not choosing the right foods because everybody really knows what we should be eating. What's causing me to not value myself enough that I feel worthy enough to put real whole foods in my body. So I just kept going upstream and um, my number one mission was to first and foremost, not only am I the president, I'm also a client. None of my relationships were working. I was always in codependent cycles until finally my last relationship breakdown, which was my biggest wake-up call. My, my divorce 10 years ago wasn't even a wake-up call for me. Yeah, right. You know, my, my, my voice, that didn't even wake me up. It was the last big toxic relationship breakdown that woke me up to finding that I was not the author of my life. I was driven by unconscious incomplete, unhealed attachment wounds. I relate to this story so much. (laughs) Continue, sorry. So yeah, no worries. And so I said, all right, 
I realized that I had built a life on trying to compensate for the insignificance and unworthiness that I felt based on my own attachment traumas. Yeah, well. It directed what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a chiropractor so that I could be important to people and valued and loved so that I could finally love myself. I wanted to become super successful because once I got to this level, then I could finally love myself, realizing that once I got to that level, guess what happened? I didn't, it didn't do the trick. I had to, I needed more, 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 more. Yep. And it led to this really toxic spiral, which had me, you know, like being like where the police were involved. Yeah. And I had to actually wake up and go, wait a second. Um, how did I get here? How can I make sure that I can heal from this? And number three, if I can do one and two and really get it and understand why I ended up here, Number three, I want to change the world with it. I want to help people find and and resolve the root cause of, you know, why they why we fall into these unhealthy patterns, which then translate to breakdowns in our health and wellness, health and well-being. And if I can now teach people how to heal those attachment wounds with their primary caregivers, which helps heal their attachments with themselves, which then heals their unconscious relationship dynamics, then on the other side of that work, guess what happens to your health? It improves. All of a sudden, those open loops, the anxieties, the breakdowns that when you ask somebody, when did these symptoms start? When did you get this diagnosis? Three years ago. What happened three years ago? Oh, I went through a divorce. Ah, okay. You think that if we just focused on nutrition, that's going to solve it? No. We're going to have to actually go after and unpack the interpersonal trauma that you went through with that last heartbreak. And by doing that, you then remove the shame. You then remove the guilt. You then remove the resentment that, you, that are like rocks on your backpack, exhausting your immune system, exhausting your digestive system, exhausting your nervous system. And now all of a sudden... You have health and healing and you have skills to be resilient to stresses in your life. So becoming trigger proof became the answer is healing the root cause of the root cause of the root cause is to make sure that you can become the author of when you get triggered rather than having externals control you. I think that's absolutely phenomenal and I relate to the story so much and I think a lot of people will relate to this to your story as well because in such a modern world where social media is designed for us to hate each other and there's all these keyboard warriors, everybody, especially in this time and especially in Melbourne, as we were discussing before, but everybody is just these walking trigger buttons and it seems to be a worsening thing. And you could argue that, you know, social media was designed to separate us all and the weird things that are happening in the world right now are designed to separate us all. But why do you think in such a modern world where we've got all the amazingness like of technology and and all all the great things that make our life super easy why do you think we are walking trigger buttons why do you think everybody is so triggerable because i can imagine you know a thousand years ago or in viking times that walking around as an emotional sad you know person you probably ended up with your head chopped off pretty quick and so it doesn't seem like a real evolutionary advantage for us to be walking trigger buttons you know and and carrying all this emotional trauma that causes so many problems so I'm curious as to why you think we're in this situation. Well, great question. Um, nothing is about what it's about. 
we are walking around. The triggers are our unresolved wounds, our unresolved shame and guilt and resentment towards ourselves. And so if I have a part of me that was really at the effect of a tyrant growing up, like my father was this authoritarian and he was very abusive and he was a tyrant, that energy is still in my body, right? So now when all of a sudden coronavirus hits and you're in lockdown and you start to find yourself feeling angry and you want to punch a hole through the wall and you want, you're angry with the government and you want to protest, guess what? It's not about the government and it's not about coronavirus. It's about the unresolved attachment wounds that are still stuck in the body. The body keeps the score from these uh, early attachment traumas. And when we are seeing, you know, racism issues coming up, we are seeing all sorts of uh, conspiracy theories and all this, you know, government uh, from the right, from the left, like we are now being triggered because there are unresolved wounds within us that we don't yet have the skills in how to manage. And what happens is when we go through those traumas, when, you know, they're sitting there lying dormant in our bodies until I get into a conversation with you and then you say something or you raise your voice a little bit and all of a sudden my body goes into that alarm state as though that old trauma, it's not happening in the past, it's actually happening as if it's in the now. So we're all uh, experiencing unresolved traumas coming up in various degrees. And uh, without having done the healing work, you are taking this crisis and instead of seeing opportunities, you then see danger and then you retreat and then you feel fear and separation. So there's a, 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 a huge kind of line division in people that you see after this epidemic that happens with the with everybody getting triggered like this is half the people who've understood how this works and have done their healing work see opportunity here and they're able to see opportunity the other ones who have been triggered by everything going on and allow their emotions to take over unconsciously they don't understand they're, they're being run by unconscious complexes what ends up happening is they retreat and they are victims and they are waiting for somebody to come and rescue them. So we have to make a decision. Are we going to allow these triggers to cause our world to get smaller or can we honor that and say, you know what, I, these, the stuff that's happening around me has been really bringing up a lot. And I don't want to be one of the statistics that after this whole thing is done, that I'm worse off. I want to be better off. Those are the ones that, that put their hands up and say, you know what, this whole intergenerational trauma didn't start with me, but it can end with me. I'm going to take the time to heal those wounds. Yeah, that's really cool. And I've got, um, I love as well that you referenced The Body Keeps Score, um, which is a brilliant book by Bessel van der Kolk. Um, yeah, lovely, lovely concept. And I'm curious for what you just said, you were talking about, obviously, you know, if you had your unresolved trauma, you'd be able to manage the, the situation in the world right now or any situation really. But I, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that comes with an inherent, uh, 
inherent uh, bias towards the fact that that the problem that might be happening in the world comes from somebody who has their trauma sorted out because I would argue that the ego still serves an important function of defending the human body and 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 giving you the information for when you are actually being taken advantage of and you are being bullshitted by someone and so um, I'm just curious where you sit in regards, because yes, I totally understand that people see this as an opportunity, but that doesn't also take away from the fact that, that things actually may be wrong in your environment. Yeah. So, how do you distinguish that? It's true. Well, the thing is, is that we have to be we have to be careful to understand on a day to day basis. For example, you being in Melbourne with all this BS going on around you, there are certain things that are beyond your control, right? So the one thing you want to make sure that you do is you handle your own internal landscape. Because if you don't, whatever bullshit that's going on around you, you're going to be ineffective. Yeah. So as long as you can understand what's going on and see that it's a transference of your past stuff and be able to regulate that, now you're able to come to the table not the wounded masculine or feminine, but the divine masculine or feminine. Yeah. Those are the ones that that's where you're going to come up with the solution. That's where you're going to see opportunity. Yeah, right. Right? And so it, my, I'm not saying that BS isn't happening. I'm saying I don't have – I'm going to only focus on the things that I have control over because if I do, there's going to be opportunities there to be able to serve. If I don't, then I'm a victim. Yeah, and I refuse to be a victim to anyone. It reminds me of the um, uh, that that quote, um, the the prayer, the God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, and 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 yeah, your your city's on lockdown, your state's on lockdown. Your it sucks. The question is, are you are you going to allow that to stop you from moving forward in your mission? Here's what I want you to get is that there's no governmental law or anybody that's going to prevent me from fulfilling my mission on this planet. There's nothing that's going to stop me. There's no lockdown. There's no, yeah, well, I had, I, I had to cancel several events, but I pivoted and adapted because in a, in a, in times, Eric Hoffer says, in times of change, the learners shall inherit the earth, while the learned will find themselves beautifully equipped for a world that does not exist. I love that. Let me say that again. In times of change, the learners shall inherit the earth, while the learned will find themselves beautifully equipped for a world that does not exist. So it means that, you know, the old world that we had last year is is done. We're now ushering in a new world. Am I? Do I like it? I'm not. You know, I'm not. I don't have control over that. All I have control over is to make sure that I am regulated enough to be able to give my gifts in a way to share my gifts in a way which people definitely need now. And I was able to pivot. And things have been amazing for me despite the lockdown because I believe, because I believe I, I've been adaptable to that because I've been, I've been able to let go of my victim story. And yeah, I had, I had some sadness and canceling some points, some, um, some events, but then I pivoted and now I have live events that are virtual 
that are way more affordable for more people. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. I, I love the changes. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's my goal for everybody is to, for, for them to get to a place where, yeah, we're going through crisis. You might be going through a divorce right now or a separation and what's happening to you is not fair that you're being put through something that simply just doesn't make sense. It's not fair. There's a misrepresentation and you can't do anything about it. Okay. Now we find ourselves there. What now? What now? Are we going to allow our emotions to take over and prevent us from the work that needs to be done like today that can be done because there's a world out there now that need you more than ever? So as I shift my thinking and see it that way, I'm less of a victim. I can say, okay, you know, I take one thing as it goes. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to force force us to vaccinate? Okay, we, we know that this is what's happening. We know that they're trying to get us to that but why don't I just deal with it that as it comes and uh, trust trust the process and stay fixated on my vision? And that's been working great for me and all of the clients that we work with. I uh, My goal for everyone that I was working with was that when we started the pandemic thing and I was like, they were like, what do we do? Like, what the fuck? And I was standing there saying, look, here's the goal. I want you to imagine where you'd love to be in six to eight months. Ideally, how do you want to come through out of this? When we go through an unknown that we don't know what the next step is, it's on us to create the future. And we can't, if we're on our heels, resentful, uh, you know, trying to angry at mommy and daddy. We we got to grow up and we got to say, all right, well, whatever whatever the universe is throwing at me right now, I'm willing to take it on and I'm willing to, how can I serve more? How can I help more people? Who needs me more? How can I give my gifts? Nobody's going to stop me from giving my gifts. There is not a, not any form of government that's going to stop me from sharing my gifts with this planet. And, if, and that's the end for me. So I'm not worried about anybody trying to stop me. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And yeah, I, I can totally relate to that perspective of um, like, I definitely had some lulls here because it's the world's so confusing. But um, and I know a lot of people that have and we know that the suicide rate is up here in Victoria 35%. So a lot of people are not not handling it well. But uh, yeah, that give like possessing the power to change that perspective and heal those traumas is super useful. And so maybe getting into that to give to some sort of utility to what you're saying for the listeners, um, where, like where does trauma show up in the body and, and, and how can we begin to identify a physical ailment or a physical experience that potentially has the root cause of being a traumatic relationship or memory or, or experience? Yeah, yeah. Well, when you, whenever you get triggered what happens is your nervous system goes into a state of activation and fight or flight, or you might even go into a freeze shutdown where you in what we call dorsal vagal response, where you, if you've, you studied the polyvagal theory, right? Yes. Um, where you now are in kind of a shutdown mode and you dissociate, you check out, you don't want to be part of anything. Um, this is the time that you must have community community and guidance is pivotal because we need to activate the social engagement system. Even though we don't feel safe, it's important to be gathered, whether it's virtual, where we can activate our social engagement system. Okay. And what you want to do when you get triggered is you have to understand that the trigger is an alarm state in the body. It's kind of like a mini panic attack. Right. And what you do is you then want to go out and make up, create stories, but that never actually helps. What you actually do is you drop into the body and stay in the body and you allow whatever feelings to come up. Give yourself permission to feel. It's okay to feel not safe. It's okay to feel scared. It's okay to cry. You know, you're safe to express yourself. We've been brought up in environments where we've been shushed for our emotions. You know, don't, don't cry. You know, don't, act out. You're too much. You're too this. Um, what you're, what you're going to want to do is to allow all of those feelings to come up. Your job is to allow them to come up. And so feelings come up so that they can leave. But what we do is we suppress them and we try to go into thoughts and worry to try to not feel them. And the answer is when you're becoming trigger proof to really understand that a shadow of yours is being triggered. One of your little uh, shames or guilts or whatever has been triggered or a past experience. And what you want to do is just go into the body and just sit in the pain of it, even though that's difficult to do. Uh, that's really the answer is the practice of going inside, getting curious rather than furious, going, hmm, how old do I feel right now? And just sitting with it and you'll notice younger, you know, in my methodology, we have people kind of bring up the feelings of what's going on and then we find the origin and then usually be six-year-old version of Maddie or a 10-year-old version that this is, you know, same thing is happening that was, did, you know, didn't feel connected, connection to his mother or father, felt abandoned or some sort. And your work is to reconnect and bring those younger parts home to you. Yeah. And so it's kind of like with the inner child and, and to really connect with the younger parts of you that you abandon in service of approval. 
Yeah, I can relate to that approval thing so much. I went through much of my adult life thinking, this is just me. You know, this is just my personality. But it took um, it took a big wake-up call to realize that, oh, a lot of these things I was doing in life were totally reactionary to my needs, you know, that little Maddie didn't have met. <laughs> Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you'll call it fate, Carl Jung says. Yeah, I love and Carl so- Jung. Yeah. So your job was to go, oh shit, that's what I was doing. Uh, that's where healing is. That's why it's, it's shadow work. That's, you know, I call it dancing with your dark passenger. Most people don't want to do that. We, we do talk therapies just to distract ourselves from actually feeling the shame. We talk, 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 and it doesn't get you anywhere. It's cognitive bypassing. Yep. What we want to actually do is you can't think your way out of a feeling problem. I like that. So we must learn how to feel. In order to heal, we must learn to face it and feel it and allow it to move through us. Yeah, I think that's amazing. For like, So what comes to mind talking about this stuff is um, that I guess in this, this world that we grew up in initially, a lot of, we had parents that also had a lot of unresolved trauma themselves and didn't have the tools to you know or weren't given the tools by their own parents and it becomes this multi-generational thing where it's the blind leading the blind leading the blind and then we get to here where we are now so how do people begin to identify what like tools could be useful to them and and how to implement those tools because i know a lot of people are sort of like aware of sort of you know it's kind of like the consciousness i know my generation feels like the consciousness generation because everyone meditates does yoga and knows that we've got all of this baggage but beginning to engage with it what would be step one or two or three for people beginning to engage with that dark passenger coming from a place of not having ever dealt with it before not having ever engaged with it before and so it's a really scary concept yeah well I take my clients through this really neat exercise. I just did this last week, took them through this exercise. Uh, you can, I'm going to share it with you. Is if you really want to get dancing with your dark passenger, what you want to do is you want to ask the question, what is it that I'm trying to prove to the world? All right, well, I'm trying to prove to the world that I'm successful. I'm trying to prove that I'm good looking. I'm trying to prove that I'm a good person and I do good things for people. All right, great, boom. That's there. What you want to do is once you've written those things, now write the exact opposite of those things. I'm a good person. Write down, I'm a terrible human being. I'm successful. You want to write down failure. All right? So terrible human being failure or uh, like successful failure, uh, terrible human being failure. Okay, good. That becomes my shadow. Yeah. This is what I go to great lengths to try to help people not see that part of me. But it's a part of me. There's a part of me that's a terrible human being. And there's a part of me that's, that's failed miserably. And I go to great lengths, spend so much time, effort, energy to try to hide those parts of me. That's becoming like a full-time job. Imagine I have one job, which is being a coach or a teacher. The other job is to try to have people not see that part of me. How exhausting will that be? Absolutely. Right? So what we do is 
what we go and we find the parts of us that were terrible human being. Well, yeah, you know what? In my last relationship, I showed up as a terrible human, uncaring. I cheated on her. I was just completely a terrible human being to her. Boom. There's a part of me there. There's a part of me that's a failure. Yeah. You know what? When I left my chiropractic practice, I didn't get much for it. I 15 years of practice and I was le- left with almost nothing. I failed. Boom. There's a failure part of me there. All right. Terrible human being failure. Those parts of me are parts of me that I'm ashamed of and I've denied. And it's swallowing up so much of my energy to hate that part of me. I act consciously and unconsciously to try to run away from that and to try to prove to the world that I'm not those parts. Well, guess how we heal? What we do is we get connected with those parts and you feel them. You feel the failure. You go deep into the shadows of that terrible human being that I was. And I just sit and feel it. Now, this is tough. Most people will avoid this work. That's why people people do everything they can to avoid that. They don't realize their freedom comes from going into that. Yep. Right? Anytime you run away from that, it chases after you. I believe um, chronic illnesses are um, repressed emotions. Because you don't want to, you don't want to deal with that, so it chases after you. I believe that the illnesses are the manifestations of those shadows you're running away from. So if you were to just stop running away from them and face them and feel them and integrate them, your body will actually heal. We've seen it happen. After one one of my events, this woman with a diagnosed uh, digestive problems, after my overview experience event, three days later, messaged me. She she's like, I've been shitting nonstop. <laughs> Like I have been like, I, I don't feel clogged in my digestion anymore. It, as it see, and I was like, exactly, you were full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> your, your story was full of shit. And so she goes, it's true. And as she released that, she felt lighter. It was a painful realization, uh, taking responsibility for why her relationship fell apart, yep. her 13-year marriage. She was like, he betrayed me, he betrayed me, he betrayed me. And I was like, okay, so we're like, after the, after the event, you get to see how you are a mirror of, of what you project in other people. She's, I was like, I don't get it. I didn't betray anybody. I never betrayed him. I said, okay, so what do you mean you were betrayed? She goes, we were married for 13 years and he ended up being gay. He left me for a man. I said, okay. And he betrayed me. He lied. I said, tell me, what, what do you mean? I said, you were with him for 13 years and you never knew he was gay? Come on. I'm like, come on, if I'm married to someone for 13 years, I'm probably going to get a few clues here and there unless I'm completely blind. She goes, I knew it right from the beginning. I said, really? You knew it right? But I asked him again and again and again. He denied it. He lied to me. I said, who betrayed who? And all of a sudden, she just bursts into tears. She goes, I betrayed myself. I said, exactly. There it is. I mean, we all can see it, except it's such a blind spot. It's like an elephant in the room. Soon as it hit her, she just wept for like five minutes while the entire community just kind of like held space. Three or four other people were like, holy shit, that's exactly my story too, like in a different form. Yeah. But I did this. Oh my God. I betrayed myself. Oh my God. I betrayed myself. Oh. And that just 
like the collective healing can happen when we just tell the truth. Three days later, she's like, my digestion is so much better. So it was like a huge revelation for me that people who get sick, it's because of these incomplete bullshit victim stories that they're not even aware of. It's not their fault. She didn't do this on purpose. She just, her ego was trying to protect her ego was trying to protect her, but the healing is about exposing that. And so as far as tools and strategies for your audience is that's the first thing that I would give them is that little, just to give them a taste. If you're interested in learning more, I'd love to, you know, take you through the process, but, um, just to start you off, write down what, what are you trying to prove to the world? Just be honest with yourself. It's not, it's, it's, you're not going to like the answers. You're not going to, you're not going, it's not comfortable. I always warn people, are you willing to get uncomfortable here? Because we're going to tell the truth and there's nothing more triggering than the truth. And so soon as you're, you're okay with that and you trust the process of getting uncomfortable and you're committed to the truth, even though it makes you uncomfortable, now you're ready for the work. And when you write down what you're trying to prove to the world, then you flip it around, see what the opposite is, realize and just look at your life and all of the things that you're doing to try to pre- try to prevent others from seeing that you're a loser, uh, horrible human being. Like all of these, you'll notice how much you're exhausting yourself and just burning out your adrenals just to prove to people that you're not that shadow. Well, what if you just were okay with that part of you, you think that you would stop having to run. You stop having to prove and conserve your energy towards healing. That's, that's, that's the best that I've discovered in the 20 years that I've worked in the mind body, uh, studying from the greatest minds. I found the elixir and it's not a, it's not an easy pill to swallow. It's very bitter, very jagged, very painful and bitter pill. However, if you're willing to take that medicine, healing is is available to you do you find that people uh like it takes them a while to become willing like they need a few exposures to sort of touch on it a little bit then they retreat and then come back and does it does it take a couple of attempts there's two types of people that i've I've dealt with I've, i've had one woman she was in an abusive relationship with a persian man i'm persian too so I remind it this I hear this a lot. They're like, I don't want to work with you or I'm uncomfortable working with you because you remind me of mm-hmm. the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> you look too much like him or whatever. I remember walking into a a, a a workshop one day and I walked in and she's like, You're Persian, aren't you? I can tell by your eyebrows. Yeah. My ex husband is Persian. So already I started at a disadvantage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's Dominic waking up. Um so those people, there's a resistance. And in those cases, I've seen enough and I said, all right, so I look like your whatever. And so you have two choices. You can keep giving that power away or you can stay and look in and reclaim power. So Laura, who, who hired me for that reason. So that's, that's the first one. Um, the second, uh, so Laura, what happened to her when she which she had been watching me for two to three years getting triggered by my content because she knew she needed healing, but she was so confronted by it that finally she did it. It took a few times, like it's several, like two years of watching my content. Finally, she's like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to do it. And then she really took ownership and, and, 
and she's completely transformed her relationship with her ex. And she said, I was resistant because you reminded me of, of him. So that's the, that's the first one that I would get. The second is they'll watch me and they're like, he's the guy who's going to help me. Even though it's uncomfortable, like, this is it. I've been like, they're ready. They're like looking. So there's two types of people, those that are truly looking. And as soon as they hear my content, like a podcast, I've had people message me after listening to podcasts and they say it like it brought tears to my eyes. You were telling my story. Uh, I need to work with you. You're the guy that's going to help me. Uh, I'm convinced like they just felt it. Yeah. Right. And then the other type who know they need it, but they're too afraid of confronting it. So they'll push it away and they'll, they'll, they'll say, okay, maybe I'm ready. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. Can you tell me more? And they're dilly dallying, but the truth is they're just scared. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally relate to what you said. Like I just, I've made some notes. What am I trying to prove to the world? And your story that you touched on a few times totally resembles uh, mine. And, And I think that comes back to the fact that, you know, a lot of these experiences are part of the human condition and, and, you know, the ego is a part of all humans. And so it sort of drives us in a way that fulfills these old traumas or, or covers them up or buries them. And then we go and live it out in different ways. And as you said before with the Carl Jung quote, we, we say, this is fate. This is what's meant to happen. I just have bad luck or I just have these experiences. And we have these sort of catchphrases that justify our entire experience. But really, we can actually be the total creator of our reality once we've healed those parts of ourselves. 100%. This is very, that's, you just said it right there. That's the, why, why do this? Why go to all this lengths? Why should I? It's uncomfortable, Maddie. I don't want to face that shit. Well, it was in the past. Why should I? And the answer is, if you don't, you are not the creator of your reality. You are run by something unconscious that has power over you. You are not the creator of your reality. This is not a choose your own adventure. The adventure is chosen for you. This whole concept of is it fate or is it free will? You know, that spiritual kind of existential crisis. I figured it out. If you don't heal your attachment traumas, it's fate. Yeah. You have no free will. You don't have control because, Matt, you're, Maddie, you're run by those unconscious complexes. However, if you choose to heal those attachment traumas and make the unconscious conscious, if you can see it, you don't have to be it. I like it. And you get to choose your own reality. And so fate versus free will, it depends on your nervous system. That's the answer. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And for, for other people listening, like where can they find you online? Where can they connect with your stuff and, and get in touch with you? DrNema.com is the place. Um, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, and the best place is my Facebook uh, group, Trigger Proof. And uh, what I have here, I'm going to give you a link here to give to anybody who uh, is listening. I'll be able to chuck that in the show notes below. And promo code here for the training to be free. Awesome. And you can watch that and basically puts you on my list and every training that I do comes out, goes right into your email. Two, three times a week, I'll do another training on nervous system regulation, becoming trigger-proof, healing your healing your attachment traumas, creating healthy, secure attachments. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about parenting a lot more now that I'm you know, as, as I get confronted by stuff and learn stuff from having a two week old, uh, I'm going to be able to 
drop more uh, wisdom down as you can hear him screaming in the back <laughs> well i really appreciate you being on the show and for everybody listening your uh links and the trigger proof um discount code or access code will be down in the show notes below as well as all your social media handles so for anyone listening if you've learned anything today and i have no doubt that you have then uh please take a screenshot of the episode share it with a friend uh share it into your social media stories and help spread dr nima's message because i think it's super important and we're all humans that have traumatic pasts in some way or another so i think it's really powerful stuff that you're sharing today dr nima and I think we could do a bunch of episodes, but for today, based on what you've shared with us, what is one thing that you want to leave everybody with that you wish more people knew about? It didn't start with you, but it can end with you. That the cycle of intergenerational trauma wasn't your fault, wasn't even your parents' fault. But if you were to have the courage to take responsibility and to heal, you can then change it for future generations. And that's why I do this work is for my son. I uh, I want to make sure that he's born it. I mean, with a looming mental health crisis that we see around us with this uh, COVID stuff happening, I want to make sure that he is regulated and prepared to serve, to to be present to the opportunities that'll be around him in a society that will be overrun and. Uh, overrun with abundant healthcare, uh, mental health challenges. I want them to be ready. So exercise your resilience. 100%. Awesome, Dr. Neema. Thanks so much for jumping on the show. I really appreciate your time and energy. And I think we should book in another show too. Let's do it. Awesome. Thanks, mate. We'll catch you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.